Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. software keeps popping up and making noise during the podcast. I hope you can hear me fine there. This is, uh, episode is based, solely based, I'm going to start, on a rumor. Uh, as of yesterday, which was June 26th, Friday, June 26th, uh, Miami-Dade uh, County clo- will be closing all its beaches on July 4th. The, um, I think that's the same for Broward, Broward might be, or but uh, their beaches are closed. They're canceling fireworks and all that stuff. And as of the moment, they have, I think they may have canceled the parade here. They might be having a boat parade, which I hope it doesn't come out to be like a political one, but I think it will. I think it's some people from the birthday party guy. Uh, they had a uh, parade for uh, Trump supporters to celebrate uh, Trump's birthday, um, kind of like Kim Jong-un thing they had going. So on July 4th, Miami's doing its best to combat the spread of COVID-19. Uh, as of yesterday, there was 9,000 new cases in Florida. Um, Monroe County is on its way to doubling its existing, but... Uh, I'm not talking about that. I heard a rumor, which was the rumor is exciting. And I mentioned in a previous episode that conspiracy theories are great, are great. But let me put a disclaimer. I have no facts right now. All I have is several people saying they heard that the county, and I assume by when they mean the county, they mean the board of county commissioners. Monroe County Board of County uh, Commissioners will consider reinstituting the checkpoint starting on July 5th, which would be next Sunday. Today is Saturday. Next Saturday is the 4th and Sunday. So people that leave uh, would have to uh, come back. They'd have to show that they work here or have long-term rentals or have the business uh, dealings in the Keys on July 5th. Now, there's a firestorm of people that, uh, whether they you know, agree with it or not, that's not the point right there. I wanted to talk about the calculations that are made, if that is a true thing that's going to happen. July 5th, they are actually considering that, and I have several things. But I drew a um, comparison to Amity, the town of Amity in 
Jaws. And if you remember Jaws, that right before, a week or so before, uh, the they don't really tell you the timeline, but I imagine it's a week or two before July 4th, the uh, a shark attack occurs. No one, not everyone's sure it's a shark attack because when it happens, uh, they initially list it as a shark attack and then the medical examiner or whoever the guy is, the doctor, um, changes it back to a boat accident in order to keep the story from getting out that there was a shark active in the waters. And um, so we're going to talk about that a little later. But right now I want to talk about this. So on in Miami, we know that the counties north of Monroe County, which we are directly attached to, the lifeline goes right into Miami-Dade. So with Monroe County still being open, on the 5th, just for my listeners out of state, they closed on the 5th. On the 26th yesterday, they closed all the bars. And that are places that have uh, less than 50% of their sales are food. So bars are places primarily for people to drink. So there's several establishments that were affected in the Upper Keys, mainly a lot of them were affected in the Key West, and we did see, uh, we're starting to see videos come out of that. We see a lot of videos coming out of Key West with the mask and all that stuff, and we did a show about the mask and how it's happened. But uh, it's getting harder and harder for the people that say that it's nothing right now because of the explosion. Now, the deaths may, the deaths aren't following as much at the moment as a new infections, but they say that's follow that, those numbers increased uh, infections, but there's a possibility that the uh, COVID-19 changed and that it's not as lethal or it's not as lethal because as many, many of the people catching it right now are younger people. That's neither here nor there. I'm just discussing that baseless rumor, which I find it very interesting. And since it's a podcast, I can do it. I, I'm not being irresponsible. I did say that disclaimer that I have no proof that the county is considering closing, uh, doing a checkpoint on July 5th, but I want to talk about the thinking that would go behind a decision like that. And I hope the shame, if they're considering something like that, I hope they would think about the calculus that would go into deciding why July 5th would be the appropriate time. Now, if it's because of business and giving people a last bite at the apple, the percentages that they would make this week will sustain them for a week. If you're going to close on July 5th, will sustain them for a week or two. That'll be it. You need We need long seasons. We don't need peak uh, there's some businesses that may do a lot, like boat rental, uh, B&Bs, you know, uh, some of these hotels get to charge peak. They, they jack their rates up maybe two or three times as much, require longer stays. Uh, but restaurants, they charge the same amount no matter what, and all you're doing is increasing volume. And if you would consider, if you're saying that you would consider that you close down on July 5th, then you're saying that there is a need to close down because of infections. But if you're picking an arbitrary date like July 5th, you're 
picking something artificial because of the holiday and the increased traffic down here that people's economic well-being is much more important than their health or physical well-being their physical well-being so that's that's the calculus you have right here how much money you're going to make how dangerous is it going to be for the people down here and you're weighing it and you have people that are filing lawsuits against you because no, you can't close it. They're very vociferous about it. They're very angry because it affects their pocketbook. And some people value money uh, and financial health directly over their physical health or the physical health of their neighbor. That's what you're doing when you do something like that. That's that's the calculus you have to put in. If you're going to build in, the equation is, is the volume of tourists that will be down here July 4th and that week starting maybe this week because Saturday because you can't really cancel it the, the reservations are in you'd be asking people to get money in and stuff like that so that that calculus would be let them make their money for this week and July 5th will reinstitute it now other people come and say don't worry about that July 5th date because first of all, there's the naysayers that will say, well, there's so many people that have counterfeit passes now on their windshields. And, you know, they have Airbnb people that are um, escorting people from the mainland down here and just picking them up and driving them down here. Yeah, 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 that's happening and stuff like that. But, you know, then you have the day trippers and stuff like that, people that don't know about. So July 5th, I guess, if they were thinking about that, they are putting that equation in there. Let's build that. Go back to that equation again. You have a dollar. Just say we have a dollar amount sum to uh, how many tourists have come down. Let's say uh, there's 75,000 people that live in the Keys. And during, uh, let's say, 150,000 additional people want to come down. I'm picking that number right out of my ass. Pretty much like the rumor I just said. I know it's a rumor. And I did put a disclaimer in there. Much like a lot of people that disagree with me. They rarely say that they're rumors and they don't cite their sources or things like that. But here I am. I'm putting the car before the horse. Because if it becomes true, then there, there's going to be this chain of reasoning. They'll have to decide. And that reasoning will be... The 150,000 people, let's say they come down from Miami Dade, let's say it's bigger than would have been normally. Now, who say there's still people up in Miami that don't want to go and travel because they feel that it's uh, a chance to get infected? I think what happens is the people that are traveling right now are less likely to follow the guidelines because they're not concerned. They're not concerned over it. People say, well, yeah, they're just living their lives. Yeah, but right now it's about consideration. If we're talking about infection rates and stuff like that, who knows who's going to get it and what the effects will be on them. And how many people, so that 150,000, let's say we uh, be, let's say there's day trippers and things like that. There's, there's people that do long stays. So let's attribute $200 to each person. $200, which is $200, 100 times 150 would be a 
thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars, I say. And and that I'm being generous. I say thirty million dollars for the, the week. Okay. Now there's people there's gonna be overhead and things like that for restaurants. My restaurants run about less than ten percent profit stuff. So if the air, the restaurant's profit in that one is ten million dollars. So let's say it's one million for that, ten percent. And let's say the lodging establishes more like thirty percent. So they they preserve and they get another ten million. And that ten million means three million dollars after the cost of cleaning and whatever they have to pay. And then we have the people that do other ancillary services to the tourists, and that would be uh, boat charters, uh, scuba diving, uh, parasailing, things like that. And they get their bite of the apple. When the end, let's say it all works out to be, I'll be generous, $5 million to the Keys. $5 million. And $5 million, if there was 100000 people, let's say that's 500, let's say $500 per resident. Now there's going to be some, obviously it's distributed a lot, uh, not as equal, it's not as equal, so there's more people, some people making a lot more money than other people. Say you make $500 a month. Now, you've got to balance on the other side of the equation, is how many people will get infected. And of those infected, how many people will die? Now that's the amount of economic or financial gain you weigh. That's the equation. It's not whether you need, you know, you, you go into bankruptcy or things like that. It's whether someone's near and dear to someone's heart. Or just any human life, they just die. Because you decide, let's say they do have I think the fireworks may maybe cancel the Key Largo. Maybe not. But when they come down, if they're, we're the only fireworks in town in South Florida, in, in uh, the neck of the woods, that's going to be a draw event. And they will be standing there. If you ever seen fireworks, people stand just right next to each other. And if it rains, they're in the, you know, they go at the hotels and stuff like that. They're standing under balconies and all these people out out and about. So let's draw the similarities to Jaws. Let's see what happened there. So they had the, um, the young girl, the first one that was killed, and uh, they call it a boating accident. And then you have the little boy, when they reopen, they go reopen the beach and decide it's a boating accident and stuff like that. And there's a little boy, and he's uh, eaten by the shark. So then they call Amity, uh, the mayor, Mayor Vaughn. That's the name of Ma- Larry Vaughn. Chief Brody brings in Richard Dreyfus, and uh, Richard Vaughn says, well, "We're just going to get a bounty for the shark. We're just going to do that. We're going to do. It. We're going to take care of business. July Fourth is coming up. We got to make money." doing that. So right after that, they have the big meeting of the county council. They have the mayor. 
uh, <coughs> Quinn comes up, says he'll catch the shark and stuff like that, but they ignore him. So they put a bounty out to count they capture a shark. And they capture a shark. They kill a shark. And they assume that's the, that's it. That's the one. Much like some whatever arbitrary COVID-19 statistic made them decide to reopen up uh, the Keys. Um, and, and listen, I'm working in the, cat, in the restaurant business, so I, I have benefited from them opening up the Keys. I do, I do realize that. But we're just talking about the political calculus right now. We're July 5th date. So they send out all the bounty hunters out to catch the shark and stuff like that and decide everything's done. And Richard Dreyfus, who measures the bite radius, says that shark may have been uh, the uh, shark that did the attack, but he can't be sure because they have a slow digest- digestive system that perhaps we, they can you know, cut open the shark. They cut open the shark and find out there's nothing in there other than you know, a boot and uh, a license plate from Alabama, I think, or something like that. came up from the Gulf Stream. And their determination, uh, you know, uh, Roy Schneider and uh, Richard Dreyfus is that there's another shark out there, and they ended up uh, reopening, even though the mayor's not listening. The mayor says, "No big deal. We got to be, we got to, we got to make the money July 4th. If they don't have, we we don't make the money July 4th. They don't have any food in the winter time. They got to make all their, they make." What do they say? 30% of their money July 4th. Now, that's a little different down here. Now, we've been closed for a long time, and people say it's just another, um, you know, thing that's hurting them, closing them down. I understand that. But July 4th, we're not as dependent on July 4th as, let's say, the people of Amity are. But they open up, and they have the shark spotters. They have the Coast Guard. They have everyone out there. And the shark still comes in, and it ends up killing a guy in a boat. Right, that's helping Roy Schneider's kid, uh, you know, giving him advice on how to open up the uh, thing. And so, that's it. They know there's a shark. Larry Vaughn's there, and I think it's, I think right before that happens, he's being interviewed by a news thing. He says, "A beautiful day, the beaches are open. You know, come on down, July 4th, stuff like that." And that's what we're saying in the Keys right now. Um, even though Sombrero Beach is over, we say the Keys are open. The bars aren't open. We're trying to do it half-assed right now. And he also says, hey, I think it's going to be one of the best summers we've had. But after that July 4th thing, after the repercussions, he's in a state of shock. He's shocked. Someone else died. Oh, there's definitely a shark now and stuff like that. And he's showing all the signs of PTSD and all that stuff. And he says, well, you know, he's all nervous. He goes, I was acting in the town's best interest. Best interest economic interest. See, once that one person died, they knew uh, Roy Schneider and uh, Richard Dreyfus knew that there was a shark still out there. Uh, they warned the mayor. The mayor did his political calculus that, you know, it, he, it's got to happen. I, maybe that's the calculus that has to happen. He goes, I, they, maybe the board of county commissioners is smart enough to understand that all these people down here, and a lot of them not observing social distancing and wearing a mask, 
and coming from a highly infected area, which is a lion's share of the new cases are, are still coming from South Florida, that their political will is not strong enough to defeat the calculus of money over human lives. And we learned in JAWS that in the end, they had to send out one old guy on the boat, a young oceanographer, and a guy, a sheriff who hates the water, to kill a giant shark. That's an extreme example on how to handle a crisis. If they just kept, I mean, if they really wanted to do it, if they wanted to keep what they could have just done is get people out of the water. That would solve the problem right there. Just get the people out of the water. Shark did not, they did a bit on Saturday Live, they had a land shark. You know, it would just come and knock on your door and it would disguise itself as, you know, a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness to say something like that. Not disguise wearing clothes, just say, it would knock on the door and people say, well, how can I be sure it's not the land shark? You know, I'm not going to open the door and then finally you say, Candy Graham, you know, open the door and all of a sudden a shark comes through the door and starts eating. No, the shark's not coming to land. If you stay out of water, if you stay out of, you know, swimming in the water, take care of the shark. And if we had sharks here and stuff like that, now, obviously, we've been killing sharks. If we had aggressive sharks eating people left and right, eating our snorkelers and scuba drivers, divers, that would be another thing down here. But we are uh, tempting another fate right here causing a such a huge draw of people by a sink, I guess like a heat sink, because once the beaches are closed up there, once all the events are closed, all the venues are closed, where are the people going to go? What are they going to do? They're going to come down to Keats. That's where it is. That's You're just creating an outlet. It's like, and yeah, it's a great business opportunity, but in the end, even if what are the chances? Like, what, where's, your, where's your willpower in the end? And once it's decided that afterwards that it was the wrong decision, are you going to say, I was, we were acting in the county's best interest, in the interest, interest of business people? There's people out there that file lawsuits against the checkpoint. Um, I think they're going to cause, there's going to be, irreparable damage done to the trust in the, uh, the county commissioners if they decide to do it on the 5th. The best thing to do, I think it's going to be horrible, horrible for me to say, is that they never consider closing it down on the 5th. We're not. That would be ridiculous. You know, that's, I, and this is me, a guy who's an advocate for doing the best to restrict further outbreak. I'm, I'm concerned about my fellow citizens here in the Keys. That's where my concern is. And I'm concerned about I'm concerned about the tourists, even though they don't seem to be very concerned about their own well-being. Um, but then again, you know, when a five-year-old starts playing with fire and stuff like that, you don't get angry at the five-year-old as much when they, you know, they're about to set themselves on fire. you got to take the matches away from them. So, I'm pretty much there. If this, if this were, if this turns out to be 
something they're considering. Um, I would suggest uh, if, if the Board of County Commissioners are considering that right now, do yourself a favor, pick up a copy of Profiles and Courage. And do, uh, if you, because that July 5th is, is just like an arbitrary, calculated, real, insincere, uh, cynical way to look at a date. It would be, it should be tomorrow or today or Monday or, or nothing. You, you, you're doing doing things half-ass and wishy-washy to just make you look like the mayor of Amity. And you think he's going to have the mayor of Amity, but uh, that was that movie was made in 1975. Let's say they had an election in 76. 76, vote for Larry Vaughn. He knew about the shark. That's all he could say. He didn't say he knew. He knew about the shark. And he did nothing <laughs> until it was too late, you know. So um, that, you know, in the end, you're, you're, you're throwing your careers away. You know, any, any, further that, any further progress you're going to, you were considering on doing, there's going to be a lot of people waiting to take your place. There's going to be the people that say, well, we should we should just let it run its course and just do this and that and fuck everyone. You know, if you're not strong enough, don't, you know, screw them. Or that people say, listen, we should have done everything we could by using mask and social distancing. And if we instituted that with everyone and made it mandatory, then we would reduce the impact because every, every life we could have saved was better. And they're saying that um, right now, just to reiterate, one thing I'll say about the mask, that if 95% of the people in the United States wore a mask, that they'd save additional 30,000 people or 35,000 people, which is um, a crazy number. I mean, it's a lot of people. If, if you think that's significant, then maybe, um, you know, if you can think about that, maybe maybe you make it easier for you to inconvenience yourself to, to wear a mask not think that you're imposing. I just hear so many people say that if you feel sick, stay home. That's not about being asymptomatic and stuff like that. People get sick all the time. People, if it was a choice to be, if only the people that got sick that were showing all the symptoms wore the mask, then I guess we'd have 30, 40% more cases out there. But since some of us are, we're reducing it. It's not all of us aren't. All of us were, they, you know, if you're both people wearing the mask, it reduces transmission rates. Just do that. Do it for someone else. Show that consideration for someone else. So speaking of consideration, I want to talk about some other things. Um, a toast. Toast. This is lighthearted here. Someone was suggesting at a, uh, at a birthday party I recently seen. And they were doing a toast. And someone raised a glass and someone says, you have to have a drink in your hand. Well, they do have a drink. It's a glass of water. So it has to be alcohol. There's no, nothing in any rule books out there to say that when you're toasting someone, that alcohol is important. The toast, when you're toasting someone, actually the most important thing to toasting someone is what you're saying. 
not what you are drinking. It's what you're saying about someone or some institution because we used to do toast in the dining. Um, there's a formal Navy um, called Dining In. And you toast the president and then the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Secretary of the Navy and blah, 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 all this stuff and all the way down. And it's just a formal way people toast. Now, yes, they said to charge your glasses and things like that, but there was never in that when anybody focused on the toast, it's on what is said, not what is drank. So I just wanted to correct that. And that brings me to another part. Um, some I recalled that um, somebody said to me that people don't change. Well, let me tell you about some place uh, that things do change. And years ago, in the late 70s, early 80s, I think it was more in the early 80s, but late 70s, there was a soap opera that for some reason got real crazy. Now, I was in high school, and there was one thing I wasn't going to do. I was not going to watch a soap opera. Not because, but there were regular people watching soap operas. And there were two characters they made songs about, there were hits, and there was just the soap operas. It was it. And it was Luke and Laura. And it was on a show called General Hospital. And it's just crazy. I mean, first of all, Luke at one point raped Laura. I think he raped her. It was definitely unconsensual sex. And Laura's boyfriend at the time, he was kind of like the hero. And the other guy was the villain. But during the show, they changed it around just gradually and stuff. They realized they liked the guy. I, th- I even remember the guy's name. I think it was Tony Geary. They decided to make him a good guy. They rehabilitated the character. I, I, how the hell do you re- rehabilitate a rapist on a show and put him back together with the woman he raped and make him into a love story? Now, you can correct me on that, but I think that's what happened. You know, with soap ops, it's really great because, you know, after a while, they'd get in contract negotiations with people, and they'd say the role of something, something Smith is now being played by, and they'll just, from one episode to the next, they'll just throw a new actor in. And that person will start trying to act like the character, whatever, you know, whatever it was written for them. They'll just throw that character say here you know this guy didn't play ball he died or got a movie deal went on the bigger and better things so we're going to get a new new actor to play him and they just go and reintroduce him imagine that in life he goes you know it's like a woman or a man who has you know been married multiple times now stepdad's going to be played by you know Jacob Harbison you know we're just going to bring people in. That's what the the soap opera thing was about. It was rehabilitating, turning people from good guys to bad guys, bad guys to good guys. And then every so often you're just going to just okay, here's a new character. This is a new actor playing this person. So I think that if we took a lesson from the general hospital we can always change because they made the most drastic changes. And uh, also I did have, once again, someone said to me, 
that um, the words, this martini was too strong. Let me just explain something to you. Our martini is almost always 80% liquor. It is 80% liquor. And true martinis are 100% liquor. True martinis are 100% liquor. And they're going to be strong. Put them on ice and let it sit on ice. Yeah, that's fine, but most of them are up, and that's it. That's all it is. Now, you got these flavored ones that are more cocktails, up, up cocktails and glasses. People like to call martinis. But I can make, when someone says something like that, I want a martini, but I don't want it to be strong. What I do is I just put a little more mixer in it, put in up glass and stuff like that, so they, they have a quarter of the alcohol. And then you feel better. Now, you go and drink. If if you're going to drink three lemon drops, and lemon drops, let me tell you, lemon drops, 80% alcohol, you're drinking vodka. You're drinking vodka with very little mixer. So if you have four of them in a five-ounce glass, you're drinking about 16 ounces of alcohol. And you're going to be drunk. That's just the way it is. It's too strong. So for now, since we are going to July 4th, now I give you uh, the disclaimer that this is a rumor. It's not necessarily going to happen. But if it does happen, they're going to have to explain themselves why they're changing, why they're doing it on the 5th. Now, I don't think it will happen now. How could you do it now? After anybody questioned, they said, why would you do this? And anybody... If anyone were to die because of your decision, your decision, you knew the right thing to do. Like you knew to lock up. It's like having a gun and you're leaving it on the, on a table when you know you could just lock it up. There's a, there's a, uh, a safe there. Don't be angry, people. You know, either way, there's nothing really you can do right now. The Board of County Commissioners are going to do what they're going to do. If you're an advocate for staying open, you think it's fine to bring as many people down here, and um, you don't believe that it's an achievable goal to reduce the outbreak, then so so be it. But if you do believe, then you're going to have to make some considerations when you're voting for these people. Just look, view on how they voted and how they behaved during this uh, uh, crisis. So this is Jim the Keys bartender. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, goodbye. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say... It's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. 